A few years ago, a Focus staff member asked Alexis if she had any prayer needs. And at that time, my heart was so tender, and I really was feeling like I wanted to give up on this marriage. So I just told him quite straightly, like, I need help. We need help. Our marriage is very difficult, and would you pray for our marriage? And he did. She also found help on the radio. Focus on the family saved my life. It just was the lifeline that I needed every single day to keep going and keep hoping. I'm Jim Daly. Help us save more families every month by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. In most marriages, there is conflict that happens from time to time. In some marriages, it's like all the time. But the key is knowing what the battles are and which ones are the right ones to fight and how to let go. I'm John Fuller along with uh, Greg and Aaron Smalley. They're in charge of our marriage team here at Focus on the Family. And Aaron, um, there are some battles that you've learned aren't important enough to really fight over. So what do you, what do you, what's an example? Well, often couples say we fight about nothing. And the research backs that up. Just yesterday, we had an incident. I was trying to get ready to get out the door to go see a client. And it was a last-minute client. And so they had texted and said, hey, I'm on my way. And I was like, oh, shoot, I've got to go find that file. And I've got to get out the door and on the way. Well, I had asked Greg to move a chair that was sitting in the hallway into my office. And so we were moving it. But what he didn't know is that I was so stressed out trying to get out the door that it was the wrong time for me to have asked him to move the chair. But so I was really impatient. I dropped the chair at one point and was like, I'm out of here. I got to go. And so then he dropped the chair and walked out. And I was like, well, that went well. <laughs> I'm like, you can't treat me this way. Yeah. I was helping you. And so I went and sulked in the corner of our master bedroom. I think there is something about the, the insignificant things that we do fight over that we have to just say, seriously, I, I did this with Dina the other day. I looked at her and I said, Look at what we're talking about. We are arguing about a water sprinkler. This was uh, uh, some time ago, but it was like, we're. Uh, I guess it's okay that that's what our fight is about, is a water sprinkler. Most right? conversations, as Aaron mm-hmm. said, fights, arguments will happen out of this these nothing yeah. kind of issues. And what 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 I what I so appreciate is that I think that we've been doing this long enough to, to, to recognize that, you know what, nothing really is more important than our unity and, and the fact that we're a team and we're on the same team. We're pulling for each other. And, and so I'm just sulking. And so Aaron texted and went, Hey, I'm so sorry. I was just being impatient. And, and I thought, you know what, why this is not even that I know who she is. Like something was obviously going on. Yeah. Like what? This is not a That's big not deal. That's not what the text said back. <laughs> <laughs> the, the text said back that, 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 well, I can't remember what I said precisely, but what I did tell her is I, it was, I, in my mind, I went, I'm not going to let this escalate into something between us. I was like, I know who you are. It's not that big a deal. And, and I'll move the chair and, and I said, when you come home, 
I'll give you a back rub and you can tell me about what, what, what was going on for you. I mean, the, the whole point was like, I'm not going to let a stupid little chair come in between our unity. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's the point. We have to fight for our unity. Yeah. And I didn't want to be the marriage therapist that picks a fight with her husband and then goes and helps a couple. So I yeah, knew I needed to take care of this. There's no <laughs> doubt that those opportunities exist left and right for you to have a nice blow up just before you see a yes. couple. So, well, uh, last time we were talking with Leslie Vernick about um, fighting and conflict and forgiveness and we're going to return to that conversation. Now, Jim Daly and I had this discussion with Leslie in front of a group of college students. And now we're going to hear some questions from the students, most of them single, about marriage and conflict. Let's turn to the students. You've heard this discussion. You guys are sitting in a very unique spot. You're kind of at the fork in the road. You're young adults. you got your life in front of you. And the issue of relationships and marriage, you've seen your parents' marriage, your friends' parents' marriage. Uh, Tell us what's going on from your perspective. Who'd like to ask the first question? Hi, my name is Jesse Menchik, and I am from St. Louis, Missouri, but I go to school at the University of Tulsa in Oklahoma. You had mentioned earlier you gave an analogy of a husband and wife, and the husband drives in the evening, comes home, gas tank is empty. When good way to deal with that is if the wife gets up a little earlier, fills the gas tank herself and doesn't create an argument with that. I guess my question to you is in a marriage, how do you pick your battles? What is it appropriate to always, you know, just take the peacemaking way where you're just like, okay, you know, this isn't a big problem. When does it become a big problem? Okay, that's a great question. And in the story I used, she did try talking with him several times tried yelling at him and all kinds of things that didn't work. (laughs) So it wasn't like she was conflict avoidant. She was actually stirring up more conflict because he wasn't changing and she wasn't able to deal with that. And so I think that if you're a conflict avoidant person, you need to deal with that before you get into an intimate relationship with someone because you're not going to have a healthy relationship if you don't know how to deal with conflict. So often, though, conflict becomes, instead of dealing with about the problem, it becomes an attack on the person. And that's what people don't want to do and don't like to have done to them. And so that's why it's so difficult to enter into conflict. But I think it's really important that you do learn how to deal with conflict. But I think the other part of marriage and other part of spiritual maturity, God says two things. One is that we are to learn to forbear. The Apostle Paul says, put up with one another. You're weak. You're sinful. Put up with one another. Accept one another. And so there's a part of forbearance in a marriage where you just come to accept that this person doesn't have all 52 cards in the deck, right? They just don't. And you don't have all 52 cards either. And you hope to know which cards are missing before you marry this person, but there's some missing. And you have to accept that. You're not going to create a perfect person. And so you're not going to get everything that you might have wanted. And so part of forbearing is to say, how do I learn to live graciously and lovingly with someone who doesn't have everything I might have wanted? That's the first part of Christian maturity. And the other part is when someone is repeatedly sinning against you, and they've done it over and over again, whether in big ways or little ways, and it's affecting the relationship, it's time for you to speak up. It's time for you to enter into conflict to bring about some healing and some change. And so it's both and. It's not either or. All right. Good questions. Next question. Hi, my name is Deidre, and I went to ITT Technical Institute in Southern California. And my question was, um, you were talking about enforcing consequences and you hear a lot about creating boundaries but have you ever seen someone abuse this principle as a way to uh, hold power over somebody instead of actually solving a conflict 
Absolutely. I think that we can misuse all kinds of good things. Um, we can misuse sex. We can misuse love. We can misuse consequences. Um, because of our sinful nature, we can twist things around and, and manipulate them to serve our own purposes instead of God's purposes. So absolutely, we can use the, the gift of consequences in a destructive, manipulative way, saying, if you don't do what I want, then I'm going to do this consequence for you. And so that is a way of exhibiting power and control over someone. Like, you have to do everything I want all the time, or I won't care about you, or I won't give you money or I won't be in a relationship with you. And you're right. And so that's why I think part of these things can't be done in a solitary way. I think we need the community of believers um, to reflect to us wisdom and truth. God never meant for us to do this journey of relationships all by ourselves. We're damaged in relationships. We're healed in relationships. But we need that community. And so that's why I think it's important to talk to people, get maturity of other believers and wisdom if you're going to implement that gift of consequences what do they think they think that's wise they think it's appropriate it's premature how do you work that is it manipulative and how do you make sure that you're cleaning up your own heart first before you do that good well those have been great questions uh, leslie one thing i'd like to end with which is so important is that our spouse is not our enemy there is an enemy but it's a spiritual enemy and we need to find ways to love each other as Christ has commanded us to do. You know, the Apostle Paul says that um, we're to overcome, and that's not a lay down and just go along kind of word. It's a fighting word. But we need to understand who we're fighting and what our real enemy is so that we fight with the spiritual weapons that God has given us, not worldly weapons, because we tend to use the weapon of our tongue or the weapon of divorce or the weapon of money to get back at someone. And God says he's got a far better plan for us to bring about the eventual good of our spouse as well as our marriage if we but do things his way. But I do want to conclude with just one thing, because I think it's important that we understand that we can make a bad marriage better all by ourselves, if we practice the things that we've talked about. But you cannot make a bad marriage good all by yourself. Mm -hmm. It takes both partners working at it. All right, Greg, so following up on what Jim said there about our spouse not being the enemy, and you said that earlier today as well, how is spiritual warfare a real thing in marriage, and how do we be prepared for it, and how do we see it when it's happening? Yeah, I just want to point out, first of all, because I love movies, think about the most popular, highest grossing movies of all time. They all follow the exact same formula. Think about a Titanic, an Avatar, a, you know, Sound of Music, uh, Gone with the Wind. I mean, pick your... There must be some Marvel movie in there. Yeah, there, Star Wars. there has to be. Guardians of the Galaxy. It, the The point is that the same formula happens. You find within those movies, there's always going to be this man and woman who who are battling against someone or the element or something. They're, they're engaged in warfare, but they're doing this together, and it leads to them falling in love. And, and apparently... We love this formula because we've made those movies the highest, yeah. you know, grossing movies of all time. Because th- this is exactly our love story, each one of us. That that it's 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 Aaron and I together battling Satan, battling, you know, against you know maybe other people, other family members, kids at times. And the, and the reality is that that we live within the midst of warfare. And, and Aaron and I need to understand that. We need to recognize that, like, when we fought yesterday over, you know, a, a chair being moved, that, that if we can't 
instantly call out that there are demonic forces against us, that the moment that Satan sees that we are sort of being disconnected, he's going to hop on that because he wants us disconnected. It says the, the, the evil one, Satan, has come to kill, steal, and destroy. So in a marriage, what do you think he's trying to destroy? Our oneness. This, this amazing gift that God's given us, this unity that, that makes us so powerful, that synergy that creates from what Aaron and I can do together, that's what he's trying to steal. Mm-hmm. And so it's important in those moments to call it out and to let Greg know, hey, I'm for you. I'm with you. I'm your teammate. We're going to figure this out together because the enemy then has no power because I'm saying, you know what? We are one. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to come in and separate us. And just reminding each other of that is powerful. I appreciate that, um, that insight and that candor. And I think there are a lot of couples listening to us right now that need to sit down and start praying because the enemy has been doing some real damage to their relationship. And there's generational impact here if you don't get this right. So um, I would also encourage you to call us here at Focus on the Family. Call us, share your story, let us pray with you. We can connect you with one of our caring Christian counselors if that's needed. We have lots of resources. Greg and Aaron and the team have spent a lot of time uh, working to make sure that we have a robust website full of great resources. And uh, we'll link some of those in our newly revised and updated episode notes. But Uh, Be sure you check out the notes to set up a time with one of our counselors to uh, get a copy of Leslie's great book, How to Act Right When Your Spouse Acts Wrong, and to make a donation, if you can, to Focus on the Family. In fact, when you join the support team today, a monthly pledge or one-time gift, we'll say thank you for uh, participating in the ministry of Focus on the Family in that way by sending a copy of Leslie's book, How to Act Right When Your Spouse Acts Wrong. And then finally, if you'd remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show, uh, please know that feedback is terrific. It does tell other listeners that you care and that you find this helpful. And uh, that helps us uh, get a bigger audience and help more people. Uh, Thanks in advance for doing that. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team, this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.